When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is People Every Day. Coming up, all the buzz about how Kim Kardashian's boyfriend Pete Davidson and Kanye West's new love interest Julia Fox have a past, at least on paper. Plus, the latest COVID cancellations and celebrity breakthrough cases and a remarkable story about how a therapist helped a would-be serial killer change his life. It's January 6th. Well, hello there. This is People Every Day. I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, and it is quite a throwback Thursday we have here. Everywhere you turn, people are reflecting back on the one-year anniversary of the Capitol riots and insurrection that will forever mark this country and the very unpeaceful transition of power from former President Donald Trump to current President Joe Biden. The latter addressed the nation today and had some choice words for his predecessor. But what struck me most were the words, or rather the question he had for America as a whole. Are we going to be a nation that lives not by the light of the truth, but in the shadow of lies? We cannot allow ourselves to be that kind of nation. The way forward is to recognize the truth and to live by it. Hear, hear. And the president recently touched on the COVID-19 pandemic as well, portraying it as more of a way of life for Americans now rather than something to be completely eradicated and overcome in any short order. And I gotta say, it would seem so if you look at the numbers right now and how things are feeling eerily similar to 2020 in terms of cancellations and the spike and all of that. Yesterday, the Recording Academy announced that the Grammys, which were set for January 31st, are being postponed with the new date to be announced. And for the second year in a row, the Sundance Film Festival will be a virtual event due to COVID. And the spread is nonstop. In terms of celebrities, John Mayer and Hoda Kotb are two of the latest to confirm they've tested positive with breakthrough cases. Kotb took to Twitter this morning to thank fans for well wishes and wrote, Feeling good. Can't wait to see you all when I'm in the clear. Well, it's all such a downer, but I'm leaning into what our people health expert told us earlier this week, that the Omicron surge is expected to peak early this month, and that thankfully it's not proving to cause nearly as much severe illness as the Delta variant, especially for those who have been vaccinated. Uh, One more quick bit of positivity. Uh, Two-time Olympic medalist Michelle Kwan just welcomed her first baby at 41. She recently welcomed baby girl Calista Bell Kwan and wrote on Instagram, I've always wanted to be a mom, and to me, she's a perfect 
miracle. This has been a challenging journey to motherhood, not to mention a very long labor, and I'm glad I never gave up. Well, congrats to her, and now it's time to dig in. There are several interesting stories out there today, and they're all over the place, from a former dominatrix all the way to the Pope. (laughs) And who better to discuss such an array of topics than our beloved People Managing Editor, Charlotte Triggs. Hi, Charlotte. Hey, Janine. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Are you ready to run around in circles? <laughs> yes, let's get into it. <laughs> so speaking of the former dominatrix, I know we talked pretty extensively about Julia Fox yesterday. The actress, Yay West, is, for lack of a better word, entertaining. But there were a slew of headlines concerning her after we published the show yesterday. So Charlotte, have you seen this paper magazine photo shoot of Pete Davidson and Julia Fox? Well, now I have. I mean, it's like if you asked me yesterday, I'm fresh back today. If you'd asked me yesterday who Julia Fox is, I'm like, I don't know. But now, of course, we do. And it's like she's having her moment. (laughs) Uh, What a moment. Even though, I mean, things are surfacing. We just, she flew under the radar for some reason because she was around. Apparently, the two were on the cover together back in 2019, the cover of paper. What? Like, how could we have missed this? So let's talk about these photos. Pete was photoshopped to look like the Ken Barbie doll from the waist down. And then Julia, on the other hand, looks like her own version of Barbie, I guess. So what did you think of this? I guess it's like, okay, so the whole joke, of course, it's like the, you know, all these people projecting these weird sexual fantasies onto Pete Davidson, right? So it's like he's sort of, Mm -hmm. it's very arty in its way, right? Like he's sort of like a little bit neutered almost for this photograph. And she's just, for the purposes of the shoot, I think she's just standing in basically as just a model to be the Barbie. You just need the Barbie mm, to mm-hmm. the Ken, right? But yeah. so in that regards, it's fairly meaningless photo shoot, but it's just so curious. It's a small world. And it's like, where have we seen Kanye's West, Kanye West's girlfriend before? Oh, yeah. In that photo with Kim's new boyfriend. So I, I just don't get it. And and neither does my husband, Doug. He asked me the other day, he's like, what is it? He saw the pictures of Pete and, and Kim out on vacation. I know. And he was like, what what is it? with this guy. I'm very much still not convinced. Not feeling it. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry for the record. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, moving right along to our next headline, the Pope is taking an interesting stance. According to Vatican News, he's emphasizing the importance of motherhood and fatherhood, but in doing so, he seems to be throwing shade on couples who chose to have pets instead. He said, quote, many couples don't have children, perhaps because they don't wish to, or they only have one and not more, but they might have two domestic animals, two dogs or cats. This is quite a contrast. And he continues by saying, giving up on being a mother or father can take some of our humanity away from us. So it's kind oh, of boy. a big statement that I I don't understand all the way. <laughs> Charlotte, no pressure or anything, but do you agree or, or disagree with the Pope? Oh, like, my gosh. Well, have, this kids, is, have kids, not pets. This is a funny discussion. Well, it's like a, it's funny that you should pose the question like that, right? It's like, nobody can answer that. That's a trap. You're, you're going for it, Janine. But it's, he doesn't have any kids. May I just point out, right? <laughs> You know. That would be accurate and biblical. There's obviously a lot to this statement, right? That First of all, he's glossing over the fact that there's a lot of people who can't have children for whatever reason. Yeah. And I'm like, what are the shelters going to do with this? Like, wh- I know, <laughs> like, right? Excuse oh my gosh. me? <laughs> like, we're, trying to, we're trying to save animal lives here, Pope. <laughs> Wait, well, what sparked this conversation? Like, where is he getting all uppity about 
about this? What what I don't I don't know. He he did he went on to say, you know, he, he brought it back around, you know, to um biblical times and, and talked about Joseph um and said like Joseph shows us that this type of bond is not secondary. It is not an afterthought. No, this kind of choice is among the highest forms of love and of fatherhood and motherhood. He's talking about like fostering, yeah. essentially. We know that whole story. Um, <laughs> how many <laughs> children original. in the world are waiting? How many children in the world are waiting for someone to take care of them? So yes, he's saying w- whatever kind of parent you're going to be to a human, that's really important. So let's prioritize that. Well, I will say, Janine, <laughs> it's like especially like working in our industry, I do notice that there's many occasions where people have passionate reactions to stories about animals and they don't show the same empathy to a story about a person. You're right. There's a grain of something in here that's that's legit. There we go. There we 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 get you, Pope. And we I hope my mother it. is not listening to this, listening to me rag on the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. We'll we'll switch so you don't get in trouble. All right. Another topic. Let's talk about Olympic gymnast Suni Lee. Uh, the gold medalist took to the, the TikTok comment section in a video posted by another person. So on December 30th, she com- commented on the hate that she's gotten from her own Hmong American a community because of her interracial relationship with her boyfriend, Jalen Smith, who is Black. So this is just beyond upsetting, to say the least. So tell us what was said on TikTok. Well, I guess there was this one user that really kind of said something that hit home with her, and it was that um, they said, I know Sunisa will be judged by certain eyes in the Hmong community because her man is Black, but love is love no matter what gender or race you are, and you keep doing you, queen. And she was just like, this makes me so happy. You don't know how much hate I've received. And, you know, to get this kind of support really means a lot to her. It's it's interesting that, I don't know, in many, there are different communities where it's still really tricky to go outside the norm of what's expected of you, and it must be so hard. Absolutely. And and it's just something that you see so uh, we, we we always turn, you know, racial issues black white, but it is pervasive, you know, and it's something that has trickled into all communities, all countries, all societies, you know, and you just have to kind of stamp it out, even if it's, you know, from another marginalized group, because that happens a I mean, lot. One thing that occurs to me is that it's like there are many different cultural traditions that different groups have And Mm -hmm. it's not to say that those traditions, that there's anything wrong with having the tradition, but I suppose it's like she's in this tough place because she is trying to like break down a barrier and follow her heart and receiving and fielding that kind of back, that backlash or that negativity is just hard. Yeah. Especially, especially hate, which is kind of the word that she used. Uh, But I get, you know, marginalized communities um, just wanting to persist and and, and preserve and and maintain their culture and all of that. But when it comes to hating on on someone's love, it's not okay. And specifically, I take issue um, because as a Black woman, I mean, I feel like that often happens when there is a black love interest. Um, they might get a pass if, if they bring home a white boyfriend or a white girlfriend. But a, a black person? Oh, absolutely not. Now we have to talk to you about this. So, I mean, I'm just glad that she's getting the support, you know, <laughs> that from these fans and, and also that, you know, she's, she's living her life and doing her thing and also still, you know, being such a beacon of light for her community. No, totally. And that's what, that's what this country's all about is, like, that anybody can can be anything, do anything, be with anybody they want. You know, that's America, I think. Yeah. Well, another American I love, (laughs) Meghan Markle. (laughs) 
<laughs> it wasn't too long ago that she made headlines with a big win. She won her legal case against the publishing company Mail on Sunday. Uh, we actually covered it pretty extensively at the beginning of December. Well, the case is making headlines again. Apparently, the Duchess of Sussex will be receiving a symbolic one pound, right? <laughs> one pound. <laughs> I was like, what is that L? <laughs> It's about Sorry, a, what's the conversion rate these days? Like a dollar fifty, dollar sixty-five, something like that. I know, right? <laughs> One pound in damages. Uh, I, I couldn't help but laugh. <laughs> when I saw it, not because I don't know what a pound is, but because it just feels cheeky, as they say in England. So, Charlotte, is it really just a pound? Yeah, so, I mean, there's other money in play here, of course. Um, there is an unspecified sum. I want to know what that sum is for the copyright claim. I mean, that's I guess the copyright is where you really get to cash in, where you really get mm. your money. And then there, it's quite likely that they're going to have to cover her legal expenses because that's a hell of a lot more than one pound. Oh, yeah. I like that she's also going to get them for the copyright because you know, she wrote it. Yeah. She owns a copyright. I wrote that. Yep. That's I like that. Yes, I think it's I mean, elegant. Look, <laughs> look, I, I, I'm all for it. I just remember those those headlines back when they were just trying to be happy and in love and get married and so ugly and, and unpleasant. The, the, the racial undertones and all of that. Look, I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. Yeah. Charlotte, thank you thank for you so much. going around the world <laughs> a few minutes with me. You got it. Thanks, Janine. Next up, People contributor Caitlin Keating takes us into the true life tale of what happened when a psychiatrist held at gunpoint used empathy to save not only his life, but numerous others. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. I am back now with a truly incredible story out of this week's issue. 24 years ago, a man named Daniel Shepley walked into psychiatrist Dr. Harvey Rosenstock's office with a loaded gun and an ultimatum. Help him prepare for an upcoming legal case or he'd kill Rosenstock and turn the gun on himself. What happened next saved lives and set the stage for a decades-long professional and personal relationship. I was amazed when I read the story and am thrilled to have the woman who wrote it, People contributor Caitlin Keating, on now to talk about it. I, I can't believe this. Hi, Caitlin. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. And yeah, it's such a crazy story. It really, it's remarkable. I, I mean, it's titled The Psychiatrist and the Would-Be Serial Killer. So take us into Daniel Shepley's state of mind on June 25th, 1997, and explain why you chose that particular title. Yeah, so Daniel Shepley told me that when he walked into Dr. Harvey Rosenstock's office with a loaded gun, um, that no one can really understand the state of mind he was in, because obviously he was 
in the lowest place he had ever been, uh, the darkest spot. And he was really ill. You know, he wasn't thinking rationally, obviously. And he told Dr. Rosenstock that he, in his paranoid state, um, had been wronged by quite a few people in the Houston, Texas area and wanted to kill them. So we say would-be serial killer because if Dr. Rosenstock, you know, hadn't really saved his own life, Shepley's life, and... um these other people, you know, there would have been a serial killer in the Houston wow. area for sure. So, so you touched on it a little bit. Walk us through Dr. Rosenstock's reaction to Daniel's behavior. Like, how did he approach treatment that first night? And in the years to come, I, I would have been paralyzed. Of course. And same. I was like, how did you respond so calmly? And I think it's because Dr. Rosenstock had seen thousands of troubled patients at this point in his career. He tells us that, you know, no one, obviously, at this level, he never had a gun put to his to his face, to his mouth. But he decided that if he responded in a place of of fear, that this would not have gone well. So he thought, you know, this man's not a criminal. This man is super sick and he needs help. So I'm going to give him all the compassion and empathy and love that I can in this one hour session. Um, and, you know, let's see what happens. So that's really kind of what he did in that moment, but realizing that this man um, needed a lot of antipsychotic medication and a lot of one-on-one therapy and group therapy. And, you know, 24 years later, here we are. I'm trying to imagine saying like, okay, well, your time's up. Thank you. Like one hour. (laughs) I know. And he went home with the gun too. He didn't take the gun from him. He really thought in that moment, this man is not going to use it. And to this day, actually, um, Shepley has the gun. It's obviously hidden and locked away, but he just knows that that gum was never used and never will be used. Wow, and I love this quote. I tried to show him all of his potentials, the idea of every human being having a right to be as good as they can be. Just wow. I mean, a key takeaway from this piece is the importance of compassion. Clearly, Shepley, who's now 58, said he's living proof that anger, depression, and severe mental illness doesn't need to result in a violent outcome. So so what else drew you to this story? What other misconceptions about mental illness did you encounter in your reporting? Yeah, I think what really drew me to this story then and, and even now is that all it took was one man believing in another man and seeing, like you said, you know, his potential to change his life forever. I mean, when I talk to Daniel Shepley now, you would have no idea that he's been through this and continues to go through this. It's a lifelong battle, obviously. Um, yeah. But that, yeah, it was just that one moment. It was a it was a moment that Dr. Rosenstock said was a really simple, a simple decision for him to to believe in this man. And that, um, yeah, and that it changed, it changed everything for both of them. And I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that, you know, someone walks into an office with a loaded gun, that they're a criminal, that they're a bad guy. And I think this is the perfect example that that's not true, you know, that there's so many people out there who are struggling and they just need help. And the result is that they can be an incredible, you know, person in society and contribute so much to this world. That was People's Caitlin Keating on the story of psychiatrist Harvey Rosenstock and his patient Daniel Shepley, who formed an unlikely and life-saving friendship. Check out the full story in the issue on newsstands now. 
And now, before you go, something to make you smile. This actually made me crack up. There is a fun feud, a blast from the past argument, if you will, that is heating up on social media. And it's between Sesame Street's Elmo and Rocco a pet rock. Uh, It all started from a resurfaced clip from 2004 when Elmo asked his pal Zoe for an oatmeal raisin cookie. Uh, Listen to how it all went down. Gabby, can Elmo have an oatmeal raisin cookie instead, please? Oh, gee, Elmo, that was my last one. Oh, that's okay, Gabby. Elmo will just take this one. No, 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 wait, wait, Elmo. Rocco says that he wants the oatmeal raisin cookie. Rocco? Rocco's a rock, Zoe. Rocco won't know the difference. Yes, he will. You can't have that cookie, Elmo. Rocco wants to eat it. How? How is Rocco going to eat that cookie, Zoe? Tell Elmo. Rocco doesn't even have a mouth. Rocco's just a rock. Rocco's not alive. Ouch. (laughs) You know, Twitter loves a good beef, and they can't get enough of this throwback one. But Elmo let everyone know that all is well, at least with Zoe, that is. According to his Twitter account, he says... Don't worry, everybody. Elmo and Zoe practice sharing and are still best buds forever. Elmo loves you, Zoe. Ha ha ha. Elmo doesn't want to talk about Rocco. (laughs) Forgive the failed impersonation, okay? (laughs) But thank you, Elmo and Twitter, for all of this. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow.